Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. It's been a joy to be in the house of the Lord this entire weekend. What a great time we've had in the Lord Friday night. And uh, we're so privileged to have the ministry of Brother Wilson and Song and to have them both with us is a... Quite a delight, I can promise you that. And uh, it's sometimes easy to look at people from a distance and just assume that they never have a wrinkle in their garment, never have a bad day, nothing ever ever wrong, and uh, kind of gaze across the fence longingly into their yard just thinking if I could live there, if I could do that. But you see, we understand through long friendships that life for Brother and Sister Wilson hasn't been wrinkle-free. Amen. He talked a little bit about their daughter uh, the other night in his song, and you know, God takes our storms if we will not get embittered through them. God takes our storms, and he will use them for his glory. He's not necessarily the author of everything that comes in our life, but we do know that he can take whatever we yield to his hands and care and he can shape it and mold it and even though today you may not be able to see any good from it God would just whisper to us and say it's not out of the oven yet I'm not finished yet and we're very honored I I, uh, I, I think someone said something to me the other night that I said we were long 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 I said I used too many word longs <laughs> kind of dated all of us We've been friends a long time. And uh, in that course of time, I'm thankful for so many things. But if I had to condense it down, if I had to boil it all down, and I thought about this long and hard, but if I had to boil it all down to just one thing that I appreciate the most about Brother and Sister Wilson, I would just say this, consistency. They are today what they were the very first time ever put our eyes on them. And there's something to be said for that. Because in an ever-changing and shifting world and in, a, and in a society where the landmarks just don't seem to mean that much, I'm glad to have friends, deep-rooted friends that still have their arms wrapped around the foot of the cross. And if I ever know where to find them, if I ever need them, I will know where to find them. And I'm thankful for that. We are so honored, so honored to have them both with us. And even if he did just refer to her as the roadie, we're just happy to have, <laughs> we're happy to have Brother Wilson's roadie with him today. And uh, would you make them welcome? God bless you. Let me say this. 
I want Brother Wilson to be assured of, assured of one thing. We want him to sing all he wants. And don't be afraid that if you just sing, we're going to only love that and not love the word because we're a Bible church. And we love the word. So you sing as long as you want to. And I don't think we have to be out of here. I think our rent's not up to about six tonight. Okay. So. Well, God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Great to be among friends. Friends that you can trust. Amen. It is a delight to be here today. As I walked in here earlier and uh, melded myself with the prayer warriors, those that were already praying. And as we prayed, the building began to fill up. The excitement was palpable. I could feel it in my in my bones. It's it's a wonderful thing to walk into the house of God and feel the God of the house. God bless you today. Let me do that again. the dusty roads of life with heavy heart and tear-filled eyes not knowing many folks who seem to care at times I'd stumble slip and fall and wonder what's the use at all but then I'd hear a voice that says, Don't stop, you're almost there. Seems that I've been going home forever. Miles of smiles and pain and stormy weather. Call my name and say It's time for you to leave And come on home and pain and 
stormy weather But it won't be long until I hear the master Call my name and say It's time for you to leave and come on home In the presence of the King of Kings While listening to angels sing I'll be glad I finally made it home You'll be glad you finally made it home Yes we will We'll be glad we finally made it home forever. Yes, we will. Amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How long has this building been here? Forty-one years. Yeah. How long has the old? How long has this church been going on? Seventy. Seventy-eight years. Forgive me for having to go to the water bottle this morning. Uh, I wonder in 78 years how many stories these walls could tell. I just wonder would these, would these walls talk about the night that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Would these walls talk about that day that the Spirit of God got so strongly on you that you couldn't stand in the pew any longer? You had to make your way to an altar of repentance to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I wonder what this, what the walls could say if these church walls could talk. Oh, what stories you'd hear. How the Lord saved the lost there after year that old brother got his healing now his hearing well it's all clear if these church walls could talk there's no telling what you'd hear you'd hear shouting and rejoicing Preaching of redemption with an amen coming from right over here. 
clap their hands with This old church has some stories, but time fails to tell them all. Interwoven in the fabric that makes up these hallowed halls are testimonies of God's children. You'd hear them if these old walls could talk. Another clap their hands with cheer if these old church could talk. There's no telling what good is. I'm gonna do the last half of that chorus. Some dear sister would shout out as another clap their hands with fingerprint here but now you have your voice print there is such a thing as a voice print no two voices are exactly alike well thank the Lord everybody happy I'm happy and for some some reason or other I got the jitters I don't know if it's the Holy Ghost jitters song goodbye world goodbye you know all those chord changes I'm asking them Brian they can probably play the strings off this bass guitar you know how that thing goes to E and A and D and G and C on the course <laughs> just a second we'll get this together This old song, Goodbye World, Goodbye. You can forget me singing it, but we fixed it and try to play it. Now, if we get started, we may not get it. There's no stopping place on this song. And the train will probably run off the tracks when we try to try to stop it, but you understand it's Sunday morning. <laughs> 
absolutely no encore. Glory. I see that request. <laughs> I don't know if I can sing that because I don't know if I remember all the words. Can you find the can can you find the lyrics real quick? Let me sing another song while you find the lyrics. Is that, is that okay? I'm I'm at home this morning, okay? And everybody's already beat us at the cafeteria because church is mostly over at about eleven o'clock most church. So they're already eating, so we're not going to get to eat anyway for a while. Thank you, Lord. It won't always, just a little chorus, be like this. God will perfect that concerning
and your life is out of hand.
the boat with us. I said, you might as well get in the boat with us. This may be as far as it gets today. Thanks the Lord, I have preached sitting right at the piano. You know, over here in Gainesville, Gainesville, they, they call it the swamp. Right? I was praying this morning. Right over here beside the pulpit. And I said, God, this is your house. This is your house. Now the gators... They call the swamp their house. And they don't take kindly to somebody from another another university coming down and beating them in their house. Right? It don't happen very often. It hadn't happened for Tennessee with them in a long time. A couple years. We got lucky a couple years ago and won in their house. But this is God's house. Devil, you don't belong in God's house. I feel like speaking a word of faith. I said, I feel like speaking a word of faith. Oh, while we were worshiping, while you were singing, I know a man who can. I saw... Sister, Sister Boyd standing, singing, worshiping. I feel a word of faith. Lupus, is it lupus? Lupus, you take your hands away right now. Her body, her body is the temple of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Devil, you have no place. Lupus, you have no place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, loose her. Let go of her body. Let go of her in Jesus' name. 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 name. I thank him. Thank him right now. Come on. Thank God right now. Hallelujah.
Genesis 1 and 3 and the spirit of God moved the Hebrew word is hovered the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light 
before you can get a word from God, you've got to have a move of God. Come on now. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, and what he said was, let there be light. Let is a word that signifies hindrance. Your children ask you, Mom, would you let me go to the neighbor's house, right? Because they know that mom has to say yes. She has to agree. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. In other words, everything and anything that is hindering light You've got, to, you've got to step back. Did you hear me? You've got, to, you've got to push back. Let there be light. And when God said let, there was. I said when God said let, then there was. Amen? Let's let this spirit hover in this service. I believe God has orchestrated this day for all of our, all of our help. Uh, I want to go, I want to look this morning at 2 Corinthians 1 and there's a lot of preliminary stuff I need to say today about uh, how thankful we are and how honored we are to get to spend this weekend at Hatch Bend this wonderful church with your wonderful pastor and his wife and family whom we have known for years and have cherished their friendship. And folks, it is so true that a church body will take on the characteristics and personality of their leaders. And I see this, I see this all over this place today. You have indeed embraced them as your pastor, as rightly you should. And it's showing today. It's time to build. It's time to build. You're full. You're more than 80% full. It's time to build. Thank you, Pastor Boyd. I love you. I love all of this talent and ability and anointing that is in this place. You've stood up almost three-fourths of this service. So I'm going to read these scriptures quickly and you can be seated. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 18, or 1, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 22. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, 
was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. In God it was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. For a little while this morning, if God would help me, I want to preach a message with your help with this title, The Amen Factor. The Amen Factor. Could I get an amen? amen. I gotta get some water. You may be seated. Thank you. I'll probably need that one too, Brother Gibson. Everybody ready? 78 times, 78 times in scripture it is used. The book of Matthew ended with it. Mark ended with it. Luke ended with it. Romans ended with it. In fact, every book of the New Testament ended with it except the books of Acts and the book of James and the book of 3 John. It's used to end prayers and there'll be millions of times today as churchgoers leave and go to the restaurant that it will be used over a dinner table. In the most formal of churches, it is amen. Right? Amen. In those deep south churches, It's amazing how many syllables we can get out of one two-syllable word. Now, I'm not talking about Florida, I understand. I'm talking about about South uh, uh, Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia and those places, but not not Florida. I know y'all speak well. But in those real deep South areas, it is a man. Huh? Have you ever heard anybody say, amen? That's amen. That's three syllables. The majority of the word amen's use is to bring an end to something, isn't it? Uh, It was then and it is now still a word of closing. It is a word of finality. The last word said at the cemetery is amen. Amen is the last last word of the prayer that the preacher prays over the newly married couple. It's It's a word that signals the finishing of something. It's used as the last word over and over and over again.
The word amen means trustworthy. It can be trusted. It also means so be it. So be it. So many in our world today cannot be trusted. Seemingly in the world's mind, promises are made to be broken. You know what? Years ago, contracts used to be sealed with simply a handshake. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to try to get there rapidly. They used to be sealed with a handshake. But now if you go buy an automobile, I don't care if your credit is A+. I don't care if you've got an 800 credit score. You go buy a new buy a new car now. They make you they make you sign enough papers. You wind up with carpal tunnel syndrome almost, right? And just in case you decide to skip town with their automobile, I bought an automobile some some time ago, and they said, "Oh, by the way, we are filming this," like I was some kind of. Uh, Common criminal is going to steal her automobile. We're, 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 we've got this on camera right here. Surveillance cameras in these dealerships. A contract is a covenant. And you know what? The word of God is full of covenant language. Isn't it? Full of covenant language. I, I don't have time to talk about all of the covenants that God made with different individuals, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel, David, and on and on and on and on you could go. With the contracts or the covenant language that God had with his people. Over and over you hear the terms in the Bible he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just all through the word of God, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of covenant language and contracts. There's something very significant and important about making a covenant. A covenant was never a one-way deal. Never a one-way deal. If a covenant was made, it always took at least two people to make it. God's covenants with his people are contingent. His covenants were always made with contingents, contingent upon conditions, certain conditions being met. Being met. Deuteronomy 28 Chapter is a perfect example when God said in verse one, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high 
the earth. And verse two says, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee and thou shalt hearken if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If. If. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Have you ever been overtaken on the highway? You're just riding along listening to the southern gospel music. Uh, you better start listening to that because that's the kind they're going to have in heaven. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Hallelujah. You're just riding along listening to your southern gospel music. You know, they're singing you happy and you, your foot got a little heavy. You know, you look down, you thought you was doing the speed limit 70 and you're doing about 82. It's not your fault. Tell the cop that. It's not my fault. It's that good southern gospel music I was listening to. I'm blaming it on them. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden you become overtaken. Somebody just passes by you like you're sitting still. Oh man, that makes me aggravated. Can you get this picture? Can you get this picture? You're living right. You're doing right. You're paying your tithe. You're being faithful to the house of God. You're serving Jesus with everything you've got. You're happy in the Lord. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, come up from behind you a blessing. And where you were standing, standing ramrod straight, a minute ago, all of a sudden you, oh, wow, what happened? A blessing overtaken. You ever see anybody in the church go, whoa, like that? You ever done it? You ever seen it? Come on now, I'm not gonna mess with you. We're gonna, we're gonna preach here. Have you ever seen anybody in church go, whoa? You know what happened? A blessing overtook them. They felt something, hallelujah. He said, if, if you will observe to do all the things that you're supposed to do, he said, I will command a blessing on thee this day. Blessing, you go. You didn't hear me. Blessing, I command you to go to this man's house. I command you to go to this man's job. I command you to go to this man's business. I command thee. He said, I will do it if, if you'll observe and do all that I have commanded you, these blessings shall come on you. They shall overtake you. The word shalt, S-H-A-L-T, is not just a future tense word. It is a future perfect tense word. Shalt. What does that mean? It means that if God says shalt, or if God says shall, you can take that to the bank. I said you can take that to the bank. It will happen. 
I am the Lord that healeth thee. Huh? My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. How's he gonna do it? By Christ Jesus. Why can you take these promises of God to the bank? Why? Because all of the promises of God in him are yea. They're yes. In God, all his promises are yes. You know what that means? All his promises are settled. All his promises are secure. All of his promises concerning you are bankable. They are bankable. They are bankable. But where does the amen factor in? Where does the amen come in? The amen is our part of the covenant. I said we've got to be able to say amen on earth to what God has already said yes to in heaven. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible but they will become absolutely yours if you can say amen Amen. on earth to what God has said yes to in heaven. If there would be any limitations, if there would be any limitations, they come from our inability to say amen to God's yes promises. I don't want to hit you too hard, but I want you to to understand the statement here. The ball is in your court. You ever ever see people that just look like everything they touch turned to gold? You know? There was an old boy in in my home church that, uh, as a kid, he he got he was in the church, but then he he walked away from God. He was away from God for probably thirty five years, forty years. He was a welder on water towers, and uh, he was away from God. And he was working. They were building a water tower in and around Memphis, Tennessee, somewhere, and a crane above him broke, and he was one hundred and ten feet in the air. And Brother Ezra Butler said, I heard that thing break. And he said, I knew if it hit me, I was dead instantly. He said, so I thought if I could balance myself right, if I can jump and land correctly, I may get some broken legs. My legs may get broken. My ankles may get broken. But, you know, I, I have a better chance of survival. So he balanced himself and he jumped 110 feet. Well, halfway down, he hit a, a tight 
a stretched steel cable. And when he did it, it just sent him in a head over heels spin like that. He landed face first in the gravel driveway. It literally tore his face off of the front of his, you've seen him. When they found him, both of his legs, he was laying face down, both of his legs broken right here from where he hit that cable. They were up on his back. It broke nearly every bone in his body. But miraculously, he lived. He lived. I'm telling you this to let you know something. It looks like that sometimes God just blesses a person all of the time. He can get healed anytime he comes for prayer. Ezra, Ezra laying in that hospital, he came to, and my dad was at his bedside getting ready to pray for him. Ezra Butler said, pray for me, Brother Wilson. If God will heal me, I'll come to church. My dad prayed, and God raised him up out of that bed. They had to do reconstructive facial surgery. He put out one of his eyes. But when Ezra Butler got out of that hospital, they brought him to church and he was in a full body cast. He was laid back in a wheelchair. But when they gave the altar call, Brother Butler said, roll me up there. He got in the church and he stayed in the church. He stayed, he died in the church not too long ago. Died serving God. I've seen Ezra Butler come to the front of the church for prayer, for a healing, and instantly got healed just over and over and over again. He got a little slack one time in his walk with God. And he was up underneath the house trailer working sitting on the ground working, and the jack slipped and the house trailer fell on him. Pinned him nose down in the, in the mud. Yes, it did. He had a broken, broken, some broken bones in his back, but the man survived it. And God got his attention and he came right back. And he didn't ever go walk away again. Come on now. God knows how to get your attention. I didn't mean to get sidetracked too far, but I, I just I just want to let you know that it seems like every once in a while there are people that just, they get all the blessing. You need a blessing, they don't need one. And sure as a, they get the blessing. And you're over there, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? You know what I think it is? I believe it is the, the ability of certain people to say amen, amen to the yes promises of God. They don't have to, they don't have to run it through 38 different filters, you know. They don't have to they don't have to dissect it and bisect it. Look at it under a microscope. They just understand that if God said it. If God said it. If God said it, I heard the old song just yesterday and the day before, every promise in the book is mine. Every
every chapter, every verse, every line. Hallelujah. Oh, would to God we could say amen. I said, would to God we could say amen to the promises of God. Woo! My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Can we can we say amen when when God's word said, I am the Lord that healeth thee? Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to the scripture that said he sent his word and healed them? I'm gonna give you that one again. Can you say amen to he sent his word and healed them? I, I don't mean to pour cold water on nobody's television evangelist. But he didn't say he sent Brother Joe Blow from XZFC television station to heal you. Oh, they'll promise you all kind of stuff. You give us $500 and I'll, I'll give you some water from the Dead Sea. You give me, you give me $1,000 and I'll give you a piece of the wood off the cross. What are you talking about, man? That's 2,000 years ago. You ain't giving me no wood off the cross. But you know what? We are so gullible. Is this okay, Pastor? If I mess, if I mess up, yank me, okay? Yank my, yank my chain. We are so gullible. But when very plainly and clearly in this book, it says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Anytime you see that little E-T-H, that suffix E-T-H on the end of a word, it means it continues to. I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's a whole lot easier. It just say amen to it. It's easier for you to say amen to it. You don't have to you don't have to spend what is it, 37 cents for a stamp. You don't have to put no check in the mail. Come on now. All you gotta do is be willing to say, Amen. 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 Can we say amen to God's promise of provision when Paul's writings says, my God shall supply all, all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? Now, granted, it's fun to get this many amens when I'm preaching. But I'm not just preaching for amens today. I'm preaching so you'll get an amen in your spirit. 
an amen in your heart. I trust me, trust me. If you'll get an amen in your heart and in your on your mind and in your lips, you'll serve God a whole lot better. Things that the preacher says will go down a whole lot better. I lost you. I said things that the preacher says will go down a whole lot better if you've got an amen in your spirit. Because you understand that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Oh, excuse my lack of English, but it ain't changing, baby. It ain't changing. Can you say, oh, 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 oh. Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so I'm so out of sorts. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. think I need to go to a psychologist. I think I need to find a psychiatrist. I don't know what to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing voices and I'm seeing things and all this business. I'm just a nervous wreck. I'm a nervous wreck. You know why you're a nervous wreck? Number one is because you're confessing it. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be past 12. I got a feeling. If you could in your heart and in your spirit say amen to a little portion of scripture where Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. You know, can you say amen to that? Did you know that Solomon, Solomon said that it is not good to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows? Hang on just a second. You know what that means? It's not good to worry. All you're doing is wasting good sleep time. Can you say amen to the, to the word of God that lets you know that he that keepeth Israel, he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Watch out now, watch out now. So God's gonna be awake anyway. He's gonna be awake anyway. So why don't we obey the apostle Peter's writing when he said, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Woo! Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Cast your cares. The word cast comes from a shepherd's point of view. Those sheep, little short legs, round, heavy bodies. If they stepped into a, a wallow or if they stepped into an uneven place and they fell, lost their footing, all of a sudden, their feet go straight up in the air and they're laying on their back in this position. 
if the shepherd does not get to them very quickly. The gases in that sheep's body from eating of the grass will build up and kill that sheep. That sheep that has fallen into that wallow is called a cast sheep. So Peter said, you need to, that shepherd, he can hardly pick the sheep up, but he can help him. Oh, everybody getting the picture? Come on. I don't know if he called her Mary Jane or whatever. You know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So the shepherd's got this sheep name. Let's call her Mary Jane. Come on, Mary Jane, I'm on you. Get up on your feet. Roll your cares. Do you get the picture? Yes. Amen. 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 My peace I leave with you. My peace I bring. In order for God's covenants and God's promises to be effective in our lives and in our situations, we must factor in. We must bring into the equation our part of the covenant. Our part is having the ability to believe and trust God's promises enough that we can say amen to them, nothing doubting. Amen says, so be it. So be it. Oh, I'm about to wear myself out. I hadn't had no breakfast. When we can approach our life situations with the full assurance of faith that what God has promised, he will provide and he will supply, then we can readily say amen Amen to the promise and have that promise fulfilled in our lives. For some it seems easier for them to say amen. To get God's yay than others. Some folks get blessed while others sit seem to live under a different sort of uh, different set of circumstances. One, one guy asked another, said, how you doing? He said, ain't no better and ain't gonna get no better. Here's what we don't need to do, what we don't need to do. We don't need to, to lay claim to diseases. We don't need to lay claim to poverty. Okay? We don't need to lay claim to bad children. Now, I don't want to have to illustrate, but I can. You talk to some people about their children. I've heard them say about little Johnny, five-year-old, a holy terror. 
He's the meanest kid I've ever seen. And they say it right in front of him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to prove you right. I know this ain't Sunday morning preaching, but it's Sunday morning, and I'm preaching. <laughs> well, I've had this disease for ever and a day. I, I, I've gone through this for all my life. I would to God we could say amen to healing, deliverance, peace, joy, Complete happiness in the home. Oh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long on the earth. You know what these are, children? These are promises that God made for you. Circumstances of need, circumstances of hurt, circumstances of lack instead of blessing. Is that God's fault? Is it God's fault? But without a doubt, folks will blame it on him. I thought you said Jesus loved me. Trust me. When that 30-year-old daughter of ours, when she was an infant, just a few moments born, and that doctor came out and told me, he said, Mr. Wilson, your daughter is very sick. He said, uh, she is on a respirator. Said, her left lung is the size of a half dollar. She's a full-term eight, eight-and-a-half-pound baby. Left lung size of a half dollar. All of all of the lower uh, intestinal organs had slipped through a hole in her diaphragm muscle while her mother was carrying her, and all of that stuff set up in here and grew where her lung was supposed to be. It pushed her heart all the way to the right side, so that depleted some of her right lung size. She had no left lung. Her right lung was too, uh, too small to affect uh, breathing. She could not support her life with just that much. Every time they would take the oxygen off of her, she would turn blue. And he walked out and he said, she's very sick. He said, I was trained in Jackson, Mississippi University Hospital. He said, I can call them and get them uh, to take her in. Uh, What do you want me to do? She was born in Oxford, Mississippi. 200 miles away, like uh, like I was going to say, oh, just let her go, you know. Her mom had had surgery having her, so she was completely out. I was having to make the decisions. I said, get that helicopter up here as fast as you can get it. Do whatever you have to do to save this baby. She had her first surgery, major surgery at nine hours old. That doctor went in there, patched that hole, put all that intestine back in the right place. Three weeks later, they had to open up her again and resection her colon because part of it had twisted. One year later, they had to do another surgery. 
She's had I don't know how many times, how many abdominal surgeries. She's had three major back surgeries. All of this stuff pushing against her little spinal column caused a severe curvature in her spine. When she was 12 years old, her spine was curved 65 degrees. 65 degrees right here between her shoulder blades. The doctor said, we'll try a brace. So they put her in one of those Milwaukee braces. And she had a hiatal hernia from all this in, this inner uh, intestinal stuff. So when the, the, the brace was put in place, it pressed on that hiatal hernia area and she could not wear it. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? We took her to Vanderbilt Hospital in, in Nashville, Tennessee, met with Dr. Gregory Minshill, pediatric surgeon, former football player for Duke University. He said, I can go in there and we can put Harrington rods, titanium rods, and we will straighten her spine. We'll bolt her spine to these rods. And he took a glorified ratchet of sorts and he pulled the curvature out of her spine until it was only like 20 to 25%. He said, I cannot take it all the way. That it'll just be too much trauma on her. She laid in the hospital for days. We got her home. She lay in the bed for days. Then that was 12 years old. At 18, 18 and a half, those rods, she was so thin from not being able to digest food. The rods, you could almost see them through the skin, through the flesh in her back and they were irritating her so badly. She said, I can't take this anymore. I can't take it anymore. Let's go back to Nashville. So we went back to Dr. Mencio. He said, let me x-ray. He x-rayed, said, Brooks, your, your spine is fused real good and strong over the last seven years. And he said, I can remove those rods. So, he said, would you like me to do that? She said, yes, sir. When? She said, tomorrow. <laughs> we live 120 miles from Nashville. He said, well, don't wish for something you're not really serious about. She said, oh, I'm dead serious. He said, let me look at my, talk with my scheduling nurse. Sure enough, the next morning, operating room was available. We didn't even go home. We had to go to Walmart and buy toothbrushes, toothpaste, Hairspray, I think I had hair back in those days. <laughs> Why's all this happening to me? Why's this happening to her? And now at 30 years old, cut the story short a little bit. Now at 30 years old, after going through surgery after surgery after surgery, she is, she is now, she has a Hickman catheter. A Hickman catheter is, is sort of like they use when a patient has uh, chemo treatments a lot of times. They'll put that catheter under the skin. It runs straight in there. And Brooke has to eat 14 hours a day. She has to feed 14 hours a day to sustain her life. She does this at night. She comes home from work, hooks right up, and she sleeps with that deal all the rest of the night. She's had infection after infection, staph infections build up, 
got in her liver, got in her kidneys. The doctor said if it's in her heart, she'll have to have a heart valve transplant. She said, Mom, why me? Why me? My wife said, I don't know, Brooke. Said, maybe God knows who, who he can trust with this stuff. Brooke looked at her mom and said, I wish he didn't trust me this much. But you know what we do? We say, I am the Lord that healeth thee. We believe the healer. I believe, hey, if it wasn't for the healer, she wouldn't be here today. December 2014, that girl was down to 84 pounds. She was literally skin and bone. She was so malnourished. She couldn't put a sentence together. She was trying to work, trying to take her children to school. She'd get up in the morning, she'd drink a Mountain Dew and eat chocolate bars to give her enough energy to get her kids to the school. She was a, she was a, a danger to society when she was behind the wheel, and I don't mean that uh, funny. She was a danger to herself and her family, but she did what she had to do. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife and I could sit over in the corner. We could get on Facebook and tell a sad story. We could garner pity. Right? A lot of folks want the pity. But we don't do that. We pastor a church for 20 years, take care of a baby, help a teenage girl go through major situations, along with two other children that we saw grow up who are, who are now married. All of them are married, and we've got 10 beautiful, healthy grandchildren. And if you want me to, I'll show you pictures after church, <laughs> just to prove it. Well, we could sit on the sideline and beg, walk around with a slump shouldered lip put pooch out. I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. The Lord heals. The Lord has kept. The Lord is keeping on. Amen. Amen. I know I'm going too long. I know I'm going too long. Forgive me. Uh, his promises are yes. I said his promises are yes. This means as far as God's concerned, as, as far as God is concerned, it's on go. The fulfillment of his promise is set on ready. I said the fulfillment of God's promise is set on ready. The only thing missing in the equation is the amen factor. I'm feeling it again. Can you say amen, amen to what God is trying to bless you with? 
Can you say amen to what God is trying to help you get through? Can you say amen to what God is trying to supply in your family, in your home, in your job? Can you say amen? Or do you find yourself freezing up because of unbelief? Freezing up because of doubt. Well, I want to say amen, but I'm just not sure. Freezing up because you're not worthy. I'm just not worthy to ask God to do this. None of us are. None of us are. Maybe you're freezing up because of thoughts of condemnation. Huh? Let me, let me drop a little uh, nice little word on you right here. Condemnation does not come from Jesus. Conviction does. Conviction does, but not condemnation. If you're feeling condemnation, it is coming from the devil. Just to put it very boldly and very plainly. But he'll use that tool on you. He'll get you feeling so condemned that you wouldn't say amen. If the delivery truck was at the, at the front door of your house fixing to bring you all that new furniture you've been needing. Does fearfulness cause you to clam up and freeze up? Listen to what Matthew says. 18 and 18. Verily I say unto you, Jesus said this, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, here's that covenant. If two of you shall agree, where? Where? If you, two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. You and Jesus can agree on earth. Because all that you're agreeing for is already done in heaven. There must be an earthly agreement to his heavenly promises if we would receive what God has in store for his people. Can I just get somebody to say amen? amen? Don't block God's yay. Don't block God's yes. Say amen to it. He knows who he wants to bless, worthy or unworthy. You might as well get it. We might as well have it. Say amen to it. Don't block it. Say amen to it. I gotta quit. When God says, I am going to open the windows of heaven. 
and pour you out a blessing which you will not be able to receive? Amen. Amen. So be it. God help us to say amen. Would you stand please? Stand, I gotta quit. When God says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, that's his yay promise. But you need to say amen to that promise by obeying the plan of God for salvation from sin. When God says he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's a yea promise. Can you say amen to it? The amen factor. The amen factor calls you and me into the equation. And finally, our, our response, our response will be the tail of the tape. Our response will be the tail of the tape as to what blessings we receive from God. He's ready to pour out blessings. He's ready to forgive your sins. He's ready to wash you clean in water baptism in Jesus' name. He's ready right now to fill you with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. He's ready right now to give you strength to go another day. He's ready right now to help you with that car payment. He's ready right now to heal you with that backache. He's ready right now to take care of your family situation. If you say amen, if you can say amen to it, I want you to just start walking out of your walking out of your pew and come forward. Just find your place. Stand and let's rejoice in the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.